Kalani, Abaka, Nakapinda, Salangay. You're looking at me like I'm saying something strange here. I, I, I don't understand. See, I just told you that I love you, and to make sure that you understood it, I said it in Chinese, Arabic, Swahili, and Korean. But you don't, you don't understand those? Now you see why Mother Tracy and I are doing a sermon series on the five love languages. See, I can, I can love you all I want and tell you over and over again, but if I don't express it in a language that you understand, you won't know that I love you and you won't feel the love. Ah, and, and if you just said, ah, you, God just gave you an epiphany. An epiphany is an aha moment. It's when something suddenly makes sense, when you see the light, when the penny drops, and you get the joke. In this season of epiphany, when we're especially on the lookout for aha moments, Tracy and I want to offer you a plethora of epiphanies about love so that each of us can both love God and people better and to be loved by God and people better. Does that sound okay? Well, let's jump into it. The five love languages is the result of Dr. Gary Chapman's research that concludes that people tend to show love and feel love in what he calls five love languages. And they're listed in your bulletin in the sermon notes page. And they are words of affirmation, acts of service, giving and receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Words of affirmation, acts of service, giving and receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Now, all of us understand that love can be expressed and received all five of those ways, but Dr. Chapman's research has found that most folks give love and receive love in one or two of those, which means if my primary love language is physical touch and yours is our words of affirmation, then I'm going to be hugging you and patting on you and you're going to be telling me what a great guy I am. And I'm going to be thinking, she doesn't love me because she never hugs me back. She just keeps telling me stuff I already know. <laughs> and you're thinking, he doesn't love me because he never tells me and doesn't seem to care what I say to him, and he just keeps creeping me out by hugging me. <laughs> you see, we're both screaming, I love you, we, but we may as well be saying Wawani or Akba or Nakapenda because we're speaking to each other in languages that we don't understand. The key to both loving others and feeling loved by them is recognizing what my one or two love languages are and finding out the love languages of those I most want to show love to. My parents, my spouse, my kids, my family, my closest friends, and then learning to be bilingual or trilingual or pentalingual so that I tell people that I love them in the language they best understand and feel it most. So instead of my only hugging you, I learned to say thank you and give you a verbal as well as a physical pat on the back, and you quit thinking I'm creepy for hugging you, and you give me a fist bump along with the kind words. <laughs> See, as you speak my language and I speak yours, each of us feels loved, which then helps satisfy that deep desire inside of each of us that wants to be loved and to love. Dr. Chapman calls that desire our love tank. And when our love tank is full, because we feel loved, all's right with the world. 
But when our love tank is empty because we feel unloved, then we feel empty as well. But if we will learn to speak each other's love languages, that helps fill their love tank, and they are more likely to return that love and fill ours, especially if we let them know what our love language is and how it is that we like to be loved. Now, if you're thinking, that sounds complicated. I don't know if I can do that. Relax. It's a learnable skill. And we have a great example because God speaks all five love languages, and He does it clearly in Jesus. He speaks words of affirmation as Jesus calls us His friends. He offered the greatest act of service ever as He went to a cross on our behalf. God so loved the world that He gave the gift of His only Son, who not only came to earth and spent 30-something years of quality time with us, He is still with us always, even to the end of the age. And Jesus touches us physically by meeting our bodily needs for air and water and food, clothing and shelter, in addition to a bunch of ways I'm going to talk about in just a minute. In this sermon series, Tracy and I are going to spend one Sunday on each of the five love languages talking about how God loves us in that language, how we can love God in that language, and how we can love each other better by learning to speak those languages, especially the languages that don't happen to be our own. And, as God tends to do, because He loves us and wants us to know how much He loves us, the Holy Spirit has arranged the lectionary in this season of Epiphany so that the Bible lessons for each Sunday point towards one of those love languages. And this week, it's physical touch. Now, before the husbands among us think, oh yeah, He's going to tell my wife that she needs to touch me more often. And the wives among us whose love language is not physical touch are thinking, oh, no. He's going to tell me I have to touch him more. Let me state clearly for the record that love languages are not only for romantic relationships. They are spoken in every relationship. And although we tend to speak them most loudly or softly in marriage, we also speak them with our kids and our parents and our family and our friends and our co-workers and even with strangers. But let's go to God and see how He loves us through physical touch. Well, He started with each of us long before we were born, and we heard it today in Psalm 139 when King David says to God, For you yourself created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will thank you because I'm marvelously made. Your works are wonderful and I know it well. My body was not hidden from you while I was being made in secret and woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my limbs yet unfinished in the womb. All of them were written in your book. They were fashioned day by day when as yet there was none of them. While we were still inside our mom, God was not only there with us, touching us, he, it was he who formed us and shaped us to be who we are and how we are. That is why we are marvelously made as He knit us together. God has been loving us physically from the instant of our conception and touching us continually ever since as He provides for all of our bodily needs like food, clothing, shelter. But His physical touch doesn't meet only our physical needs. He also physically addresses our spiritual, emotional, relational needs. The sacraments are seven ways that God touches us physically. 
through the water of baptism as he adopts us into his family and bread and wine as he nourishes us in holy communion through the bishop's hands as he fills us with the Holy Spirit in confirmation as he makes a man and a woman one flesh in holy matrimony as he forgives us through a priest's absolution and private confession as he heals us with anointing with oil and unction and through the bishop's hands as he makes someone a deacon, priest, or bishop in ordination. That's why we have sacraments. Because as physical beings, we need God's physical touch to show us as well as tell us that He loves us and He's with us always. God touches us physically through sacraments and through His body, the church, these precious people who are sitting all around you. When we say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes inside us and as St. Paul writes today, we become members of Christ Himself and temples of the Holy Spirit, which means since Jesus is in us, when we touch someone, Jesus is touching them too. God touches us physically through each other. So when someone hugs you at the peace today, that's Jesus hugging you as well. And because one-fifth of us have physical touch as our primary love language, God prompted the church to include lots of touching in our worship so that you can hear God say, I love you, in the language that's clearest to you and fills your love tank best. That's why we touch you when we pray for you, when you come up here for birthdays and anniversaries, or if you go to the prayer chapel during communion. That's why we hug each other in the peace. That's why I'm going to squeeze your hand when I give you communion. That's why I'm going to hug you on your way out. I don't want you to miss out on God showing you that He loves you through physical touch, especially those of us for whom what happens here on Sunday is the only appropriate, affectionate physical touch that we may get in a week. God loves us physically, and He wants us to love Him back the same way. And that's what Paul means when he writes today, you were bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, since we are members of Christ himself, whatever we do with or to our bodies, we're doing it with and to Jesus himself. Which means if I wouldn't do something to or with Jesus, I probably shouldn't do it with or to myself. And since you too are members of Christ himself, that means whatever I do with or to you, I'm doing it also with and to Jesus. So if I wouldn't do it with or to Jesus, I probably shouldn't do it with or to you either. On the other hand, since Jesus wants us to love him physically, let's offer each other what we do, would do with Jesus. Hugs, handshakes, high fives, pats on the back, fist bumps, whatever it is that you're comfortable with physically. And husbands and wives, if your spouse's love language is physical touch and yours is not, please, please, please learn how to speak their language because until you do, their love tank is going to stay empty, which will make them feel empty, which means they won't have much love to give you, which means your love tank is going to stay empty too. But if you will make the effort to learn your, your spouse's love language and touch them tenderly and affectionately and frequently, you will fill their love tank like no one else can. 
And in time, that lo their love tank will overflow, showing love back to you, ideally in your love language, which means married couples, you need to be here every Sunday for the rest of Epiphany to make sure your spouse learns your love language and learns how to speak it well. Because learning your spouse's love language doesn't apply only to physical touch. It's true for all five. And husbands and wives, if you will choose to learn your spouse's love language and speak it often, you both win. All it takes is for one of you to go first. God loves us dearly. And he shows it through physical touch as he knit us together in our mother's womb, as he meets our bodily needs, as he touches us through the sacraments and loves us through his body, the church, these precious people sitting around us. Let's love him back the same way, physically, by what we do with our body, by how we touch other people, and for those of us who are married, especially how we touch each other.